Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, Undying Light listeners. I am back at it again with a new episode. Uh, my apologies to you, though. Before we get into anything, uh, my voice is going to be probably a little scratchy. I'm getting over a head cold. Uh, so today's episode and, unfortunately, Tuesday's episode, since I record them on the same day, I'll have kind of that same raspiness to my voice. So, I will try to keep it as clean as possible and get rid of all of my, you know, throat clearing sessions and uh, keep my mouth watered as I move on through the recording. So I just wanted to kind of give you that little heads up. Uh, a few other things that we're working on. Um, our biggest move, if you would, is to kind of transition off of Instagram uh, for most of the work that Undying Light does and put it into the hands of the patrons. Uh, the podcast will obviously still continue. I've got many years, I hope, worth of time left in me and topics and things that I want to cover. And in all of that, uh, there are going to be kind of some subletted uh, things and teachings that will be uh, moved exclusively for the patrons. For instance, um, Right now, we're doing a Bible study in my church as I lead that through the book of Romans and the videos, if they uh, can't attend those nights on Sunday nights, uh, are made available to them uh, a couple days later so they can watch the studies live and participate live or they can watch them later. Uh, as well as we started to go through the book of Hosea before Christmas. And I really realized that there, it was a probably too deep of a book to get into with my church. So we kind of stopped that and moved into a Christmas series and then went to Romans. So the Hosea series will actually pick back up and be exclusive for patrons only. And so they will get video podcasting um, in that framework going forward, probably one episode a week, um, 30 minutes or so long on top of the, you know, Bible studies with the book of Romans that I'm doing my sermon notes. And we're actually, I, I just opened up on our discord server, kind of this neat little, uh, um, channel and it's called journey through the scriptures. 
and I'm going to uh, I'm going to use that and kind of piggyback through all of Scripture, and I'm going to kind of echo what I'm preaching on um, over the course of the next you know however many months. And so we're going to look at the Book of Genesis kind of in a high level view. We're going to look at the Book of Exodus and so on and so forth. So there's a lot that is happening uh, that you can participate in and uh you know other you know little cool things that we do on discord is we set up a secret santa um we have done there's q a groups there's uh the heresy videos that i was doing on instagram that's there um there's a lot of channels that i'm actively working in in hopes that uh you know you get uh, the content that uh, you're seeking and as always, my biggest goal is to produce solid, biblically edifying content for you, the listener. My goal with this podcast is to take scripture, take the complexities of it, and simplify it and make it easy for you to understand. Even if that entails digging into the toughest of doctrines and trying to explain that in a, in a manner that you can understand that is my goal. And so I kind of was thinking about it this weekend, my Tuesday series on the Lutheran theology. I can't really call that a bonus series anymore because that now has transitioned into a full-fledged uh topical series and I don't have a time frame on how long it'll go. Um I am still working through the apology uh, the Augsburg Confession. And so I probably got a couple of weeks there and then I'm gonna look at some commentary on the Augsburg. Uh, and then we'll spend some time looking at the small called articles, the small and large catechism. And, and then we will kind of move into some of the deeper understandings of the Lutheran faith and theology as, um, we teach and, and, uh, show our church today. And then we'll have probably a shorter segment, not near as long or exhaustive, on the reformed faith and we'll look at you know we'll, we'll revisit the the tulip conversations that we did early in the show's history and we'll look at you know how to uh the reformed faith and the lutheran faith overlap where the similarities are and then obviously where the differences are because the goal is to show and and hope to edify listeners in the you know context of the lutheran faith not just hearing the shenanigans that go on in the ELCA and then thinking all Lutherans are heretics because we're not. Um, we we are very much confessional, biblical Lutherans. Our faith is rooted in the scriptures. We just have a different hermeneutic and a different way to apply what we read. So uh, with that said, let's uh, move into the show at hand. Um, and uh, well, <laughs> before we do that, let me touch base on two minor things if you would and uh then we'll get into the show first up is the logos promo that we're always doing we gave away a logos package on an instagram a couple weeks ago to a lucky winner but you can always get your logos package uh go to logos.com l-o-g-o-s.com forward slash undying light and you can uh, get some free books when you sign up for a package with Logos Bible software. Again, instrumental in what I do. I have it open on my screen right now. 
I've got my study Bible, my commentaries, my ESV Bible, and all sorts of different translations all right in front of my screen. On top of that, I can put it on my phone and take that content with me anywhere I go. And so I can quickly reference or answer questions that I just don't know the answer to. And so I'm very much a proponent that this software isn't just for pastors or, or theologians or anybody, but it's great for every single person at every point in their walk with Christ, whether they are a fresh Christian just beginning or a seasoned veteran who has been a believer all of their lives. This software is instrumental and so helpful to, to everything I do. And I know those who use it uh, enjoy it as well. And the other thing too, just another quick reminder, you can get yourself uh, some sweet merchandise through mypillow.com and you can use promo code undying light. That is all one word. And you can get up to 66% off on their product. I absolutely love their sheets. They're super soft and my wife has their slippers. She loves them. She wears them everywhere she goes around the house and they're hard sold. So you can take them outside if you need to. Uh, I have some of their pajamas. I love those. They are soft and kind of got that real gentle feel to them. I, I just, I just love their products. So, uh, I partnered with them. You can use undying light promo code and get yourself some sweet, my pillow merchandise. Uh, the other thing too, I'm, I'm trying to work on before we get into the show is this, uh, the, the, the mid roll advertisement. And, and I was talking to a couple people and I'm like, if I can't get this thing hammered down, then I'm just going to remove the mid, the mid roll uh, ad. And they call it mid roll because it happens right through uh, the middle of the show. And I, I can't seem to pin it down because it's either too early or too late. And I, it just, it's, uh, it's frustrating and stressful. So, uh, if I can't nail it on this episode or on Tuesday's upcoming Tuesday episode, then we're going to go ahead and just stop from doing that uh, altogether. And we'll just have the ads in the front and the end. So uh, guys, we are getting into the wisdom books again, some more uh, as we kind of journey through this series, least of these, uh, this is not going to take us very long to get through the next couple of books. What I'm thinking of is one book, an episode potentially do uh two episodes on the particular book i kind of see where we we land with time on this one but we're going to look at the book of job today and then we will look at proverbs and psalms obviously we're not going to spend 42 weeks in job and 150 weeks in psalms we are just going to high level walk through the book's purposes and uh, understanding and then if you want to read those by all means go and read them if you're interested in the Psalms, I do a weekly devotional on my church uh, on their Facebook page where we take a Psalm and we talk a little bit about it, read the Psalm and then say a prayer at the end. So a couple minutes long each Wednesday, you can find those videos. Please go and watch those. That is us journeying all through the whole entire book of Psalms. So we're going to look at Job today and uh, we are going to dig into um into the construct of, uh, of this. So if we take our timeline uh, of the old Testament, we have Abraham born, uh, in about 2166 BC, Jacob and Esau are born in, uh, 2006 BC. Uh, Jacob dies in Egypt in 1859. 
BC. And then Moses is born in 1526. The exodus from Egypt is in 1446. And then Israel crosses the Jordan in 1406. So the 40 years of the desert. Uh, so we've got this book of Job. And the reason I give you the timeline is because it, it's there's not a great time frame to place this particular book. We we just don't have uh you know, the, the reference time period, because it doesn't actively interact with any of the patriarchs, but we can say it comes in, uh, the late third or early second millennial millennium BC, which is before Christ, uh, which would be the age of the patriarchs. So this book was written by Job or a contemporary, and you can place this somewhere you know, in the 3000 to 2000s between, you know, before Christ. And so there's, you know, considerable amount of time that this book was written and uh, the history behind it is, you know, I can't say it's extensive because uh, we just don't have a ton of, you know, content on this particular book, but there are going to be some interesting uh, challenges. And one of those is the date of composition. So we will uh, dig into that when we get to there. And so what I'm kind of thinking about doing is really just hammering through uh, the constructs and the purposes behind this book and uh, doing some, uh, you know, central questions and themes. And we'll look at uh, what Luther has to say on Job. And then we will have um, the challenges and the blessings. And then if we have time, then we'll do a uh, uh, an outline of the book. We might just do the quick outline today, and then next week we'll do a detailed outline, and we'll read maybe some passages that kind of touch base on each of those. So I I think two weeks per per each book would be sufficient and give us uh, all of the data and information we want in a particular book, and then help us to um to read and understand where it is that we're going. Uh, next. And so, as I mentioned, we've got Job as the author. It's kind of the general consensus book is titled Job. Um, we could uh, label it as him being the author. That's not really um, in question too much here. But we've, again, the date is probably going to be the hardest thing to answer as we understand this book. The places uh, are in the land of Uz and it's east of Canaan. Uh, people of Job, and then his three friends, Eliphaz, Bilidad, and Zophar. Uh, those are going to be the, uh, pretty much the three central figures that interact with Job. But we also understand that God and Satan are very much present in the workings of this book, and probably more so uh, of what we'll read next week when we get to that detailed outline is uh, God answering Job. And I think that's probably one of the most profound passages in the Old Testament, and uh, it really just kind of hammers out the distinction between God and his creation. So we'll dig into that next week. Uh, the purpose behind this book, the Lord shows that he alone is our redeemer, despite what we may suffer in this life, but despite what we will lose, our persecutions, God is still our redeemer. And I think that's one thing that we as Christians often fail to comprehend is the uh, understanding that this life is temporal. Uh, the blessings that we have in this life are temporal and can be easily taken away from us. 
And with that, we should always be looking and anticipating what it is to come in the next life. And that being eternal life, salvation, and eternal bliss with Christ. And so with all of that being kind of uh, established, we can see, well, you know, I'm, I, I lost my job this week and, uh, you know, we're going to lose the house if we don't make another mortgage payment because we're behind on it and we're, you know, swimming in debt up to our eyeballs and we're going to lose the cars. And, you know, my wife is out of work and, you know, the pandemic has been killing everybody. It, it Yeah, there is a lot that is dark and swirling around in this world and it is easy to be devoured by it. But for Christians, we are to rest in the knowledge that God is our redeemer. He is our savior and he will uh, never abandon us nor forsake us, despite how we feel in this life with the sufferings and persecutions that we encounter. Uh, Because I would venture to say outside of being persecuted for your faith, uh, any sort of persecution or suffering that you endure is a consequence of a decision that you have made. And I, I say that kind of boldly because, you know, I've taken jobs in my past that uh, were not beneficial for me. And I ended up at one of them years and years ago, they let me go. And I was really, uh, I was really torn apart and I, cause I it was just beginning my walk as a Christian and I kept thinking, God, why would you do this to me? And, and reality sets in that literally I was let go on a Thursday uh, before Thanksgiving. And then on Monday I had another job. And so it was truly a blessing in disguise that propelled me into uh, the industry that I ended up working in for 11 and 11 or 12 years. And that was it. And so uh, all of that said, it we can't just zone in on our our immediate sufferings and persecution and then blame God for it, uh, because a lot of times we don't know what is on the other end of that suffering. We don't know what is on the other end of um, that that pain that we are experiencing, and and even more so, you know, the loss of a loved one. That's detrimental. I mean, it is crippling to people, but. That is why sharing the gospel is so needed in today's world because we we want to think, well, you know, that person's in a better place and we want to know that God is holding on to them and without sharing the gospel with them and, and just having that conversation to see, we don't know. And so we play a guessing game. And so losing a loved one can be very painful. And, but for Christians, it's a moment that we can celebrate and say that person I know is enjoying the presence of Christ. And that is a truthfully beneficial thought and helpful thought when it comes to the loss of a loved one, because death does not, uh, it, it, it engulfs everything. It, it overcomes all things until Christ returns. And in the death and resurrection of Christ, death was defeated, but we won't see the complete eradication of it until the new heavens and the new earth. And so we still experience the uh, life and death in this world because sin is still prevalent in this world. So 
that's just kind of me going on a tangent, if you would. I, I think it's really purposeful to understand that God is our redeemer despite our sufferings, our circumstances, and our persecution. Um, because like I said, outside of our you know, being persecuted for the faith, we are usually um, suffering the consequences of our own decisions. So uh, as we get into uh, any book of the Bible, there's always going to be two themes, uh, law and gospel. And I kind of hammered this up a little bit on my uh, Tuesday episode with the Apology of the Augsburg because I walked through very quickly the law and gospel theme and how that plays into scripture. And I'm going to kind of give another quick high-level view of it and, and assert that anytime we read scripture, we can ask the question, is this passage a command or is this passage giving me a promise? And before we dig into this, we're going to take just a couple of seconds break and see if we can place this ad properly. Let's see what happens. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. And here we are back, and uh, let's get back into the content. And if this passage has given me a command, for instance, when Jesus says, be perfect and do not sin, that's a command. That is law. But when Jesus says, your sins are forgiven, that is a promise. Uh, when he tells the thief on the cross, you will be with me in, uh, with, you'll be with me in paradise today. That's a promise. And so it, we have to see, you know, are we being commanded to do something, to act in a certain way, to fulfill a certain obligation that comes under the law? If I am being promised something, uh, 
of eternal life, salvation, or sanctification even, or uh, if we read through scripture, obviously the promise to Abraham was to be a blessing to many nations that it turns out to be Jesus Christ. And we see that he will be the father of many nations. So we are included in that promise to Abraham, but the promise isn't given directly to us. Um, another one to kind of hammer into is Jeremiah 29, 11, uh, for I, for, I know the plans that I have for you to be prosperous and wealthy, yada, yada, yada. And that is a promise given to the nation of Israel as they are in cap, uh, captivity in the Babylonian empire. However, you can still see that God provides these blessings to us in our daily bread that we pray for with the Lord's prayer. So there's a little bit of connectivity here between that and a promise given to us, but that promise isn't given exclusively to us. It was given to the nation of Israel and we essentially just benefit from that promise. So that's how we really read scripture from a Lutheran perspective is law gospel distinction. Is this passage giving me a command or is this passage giving me a uh, promise? So the law themes that we'll find in the book of Job is that people suffer unduly in a sinful and broken world. No one can justify himself or herself before God and Satan can tempt people and inflict suffering. So these Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. They're pretty harsh things to encounter when we read scripture that in this world you're promised suffering you're promised tough times you're not promised you know the fluffy highlights of life where nothing ever will go wrong because we live in a broken and sinful world 
Uh, the next law theme is that you cannot justify yourself based upon your behavior. And this is one thing that we'll see with uh, Job's friends as they go after uh, Job and say, well, did you did you do this or did you make God mad because of this or did you you know not do these things? And so we see that all of this doesn't matter, the behaviors and all that. We, we see that God is actually allowing Satan to tempt Job. And, I, and I'm going to read that uh, in a few minutes here, uh, really one of the only passages that we'll really dig into, and that's chapter 1, verses 6 through 12. And uh, I'm very fascinated with it. I think it's probably one of the most profound passages in Scripture. Uh, this whole book is really just, uh, it is really a mind-blowing experience to see this because we see kind of the firsthand workings of God and what dominion has been given to Satan, like what authority has been given to him, which is not much. He has to go to God before he can do anything, but God can and often does allow Satan to tempt or inflict suffering upon his servants, more so because it is a means to test the faithfulness of God's servants. So with all that, the gospel themes that we have present in this book is God accomplishes his righteous purpose amid and through our suffering. The Lord is our redeemer, and we will see the promise of the resurrection of the body. Uh, as Job's family will be restored to him towards the end. Uh, if you are looking for things to memorize uh, in this book, uh, you can see Job's resolve, and that's uh, chapter 1, verse 21. Uh, this is a very famous passage, and he said, Naked I come from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return. The Lord gave me, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Uh, also, you can read, uh, verses 9 and 10 in chapter 2, or Job's comfort in chapter 19, and the Lord's answer, which, uh, again, I'm I, I'm going to let that sit for next week, but in chapter 38, we'll see that, uh, verses 1 and 2. So reading Job's stubs of pillars and walls interpret the graceful arcs of hills throughout the Near East. At twilight, silhouettes of these ruins uh, meld into the hills like permanent features in the landscape. But in truth, they testify that nothing here is permanent. All things and all people suffer decay in our sin-broken world. The life and work of every person ends in ashes, dust, and ruins. The prophet Job sat in ashes and dust for seven days, chapter 2, verse 13, and considered the ruins of his once great estate. Neither mourning nor the wisdom of his friends offered comfort. In fact, Job's friends accused him of bringing ruin upon himself and his family. So a central question and theme, the accusations of Job's friends seem minor when compared to the accusation of Satan. Who asks the central question in the book of Job and sets his theme? Does, God, does Job fear God for no reason? In other words, why should Job or any other person fear, love, and trust God. Satan wants to show that a person only serves God because his reward, he rewards obedience and punishes disobedience. Job's three friends take up this understanding. Our relationship to the Almighty is simply a matter of punishment for disobedience or reward for obedience. And they argue with Job about this issue throughout the entire book. In fact, it goes from chapter uh, three all the way through 31. 
However, Job understands that something greater is at work between God and humanity. Job confesses faith in a Redeemer, and the Lord is his Savior, as noted in chapter 9, chapter 13, chapter 14, 16, and 19, with various verses in those chapters. He had learned true wisdom from the Lord, which comes from the fear and repentance. Despite Job's insights and legendary patience, he sins by attempting to justify himself in his final appeal in chapter 31. At this point in the story, the young man uh, Elohu interrupts the debate, and this is chapters 32 through 37, to condemn Job's self-justification and self-righteous condemnations that Job of Job offered by his friends. Uh, Elohu comes closest to understanding the situation. He defends God's justice and builds on Job's insights about repentance and redemption. He perceives that the Lord delivers the afflicted by their affliction and opens their ear to adversity. He hits upon the important biblical truth, God redeems even through suffering. After the Lord confronts Job in chapters 38 through 41, Job puts into practice what he had earlier confessed. He repents in dust and ashes and receives the Lord's uh, redemption in chapter 42. In this way, Satan's initial question is answered. Job does not fear the Lord for the sake of wealth or prosperity. He fears the Lord because he calls people to repentance and redeems them. All right, so I want to read this little this little section on uh, Satan allowed to test Job, and then we'll dig into the rest of our overview. Beginning in the verse six. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came among them. The Lord said to Satan, from where have you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down on it. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? And there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for no reason? Have you put a hedge around him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. But stretch out your hand and touch all that he has and he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, All that he has is in your hand. Only against him do not stretch out your hand. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Pretty interesting uh, conversation happening between Satan and and God here because Satan is essentially saying, as we already noted, does Job only fear you because of the blessings that you have given? Or does he truly fear you because you call to all of man for repentance? And so he's given just a little bit of authority and there is some con- there is some confines to that. You can do whatever you want but do not stretch a hand against Job. You can do whatever you want to everything he has but not specifically against Job. So here's what Luther says on the book of Job. Luther states that the book of Job is written for our comfort. It teaches that all people sin and God's justice is not like human justice. Pausing here, when we read, when God says, have you considered my servant Job, and that there is none like him on earth, he is blameless and upright, that doesn't mean he is a sinless man. Does not mean that he is sinless. 
The book of Job deals with the question whether misfortune comes from God, uh, even to the righteous. Job stands firm and contends that God torments even the righteous without cause, other than that this be God's praise, as Christ testifies in John chapter 9, verse 3, of a man who was born blind. Job's friends on the other side take on the other side in their big and lengthy paviar, this empty talk, trying to maintain God's justice, saying that he does not punish a righteous man and does not punish uh, and he does not punish, then the man who is punished must have sinned. They have worldly and human idea of God and his righteousness as though they were just like men in the justice, like the justice of the world. He goes on to say the language of this book is more vigorous and splendid than that of any other book in all of Scripture. For example, when he says something like this, the thirsty will pant after his wealth. This is Job 5 5. That means robbers shall take it from him. Or when he says the children of, of pride have never trodden, Job's 28 8. That means the young lions that stalk proudly in many other similar cases. Again, by the light, he means good fortune, and by darkness, misfortune. Uh, and there's so on and so forth there. So Job's example, uh, in the book of Ezekiel, Job is given a place of honor beside Noah and Daniel as a righteous man, Ezekiel 14, uh, verse 14 and verse 20. James reminds us of Job's steadfastness in James 5.11, and a better example of tenacious faith is hard to find. From the story of Job comes, furthermore, the reassuring reminder that God will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. Satan cannot harass Job beyond endurance in his own way and his own time. God provides a way of escape. So some challenges, as we mentioned early on, is the suffering. Some commentators have charged the book of Job never answers the question. It rises about suffering. This misunderstanding usually arises from trying to read Job as an explanation of human suffering rather than a book about fear of God and redemption. Uh, the date of composition, various uh, various states have been proposed for the book of Job. Critics often date the writing of Job to the 6th or 5th century BC or even later, though it describes a setting from the patriarchal period, late 3rd millennium or 2nd millennium, the money Job describes in 42.11, the uh, Siberian and Chaldean raiders, Job's great age, and the way of sacrifice all correspond to a time before the establishment of the Israelite priesthood and tabernacle. This, The great events in the Exodus and conquest are never mentioned, leads this book to be one that is often difficult to interpret. With that, we can see all these features point to an early date uh, of writing, as we've indicated earlier in the show. Uh, doctrinal use, readers should be cautious about using dialogues from Job 3 through 37 for supporting doctrine because Job and his friends do not get everything quite right in their conversation about God's ways. The value, which is the chief value in the di dialogues, is to show how difficult it is for us to understand the Lord's purpose and to interpret the prosperity or suffering we experience. The Lord commends Job for speaking what is right about him in 42 verse 7, but uh, since Job ultimately expresses his faith in the Lord's redemption and then the Redeemer. The greatest failure to, of critics is not recognizing Job's prophecy about the Redeemer and the resurrection of the body in chapter 19. 
in this passage, Job beautifully uh, points towards forward to Jesus of Nazareth, who suffered Satan's accusations, temptation, and finally endures the cross in order to redeem all people from sin. These themes are wonderfully drawn together by the English hymn writer Samuel Melody. Uh, I know that my Redeemer lives. What comfort his sweet sentence gives. He lives. He lives. Who once was dead. He lives. My ever my ever living head and blessings for readers. Despite Job's lack of understanding and inability to explain his suffering, he clings to this belief that God is still his redeemer. The book of Job teaches that suffering is not simply God's judgment for sin, though it can certainly be that suffering is a trial permitted by God for our good. Most importantly, human suffering is part of God's redemptive plan for salvation of all demonstrated in Jesus' suffering. Job trusts that a mediator, redeemer, will justify us. And in the end, God leads Job to sincere repentance and renewed faith in his mercy. So here's a very quick outline. So chapters one and two, we have the dialogue or the prologue in narrative prose. And then we have from three through uh, 42, the dialogue of speeches and poetry. And then 42 to the end uh, at the epilogue in narrative prose. And so there's a detailed outline, which we will get to more in depth next week. And we'll read a few passages as we kind of come across it. But that's going to conclude us on our uh, introductory to Job. Again, we're not going to go through every single verse that we've done in previous shows. We're just going to high level these next couple of weeks, uh, looking at Job for two weeks, Proverbs, maybe one week, and then Psalms for two weeks. Proverbs isn't real long, but we, depending on where we land with the introductory on that, we might do it in two, we might do it in one. Um, but that's kind of what we're going to plan out for the next few weeks. And that will conclude us for today. Uh, we will be back Tuesday with a, a new episode on uh, the apology of the Augsburg Confession. So please tune into that and never miss an episode as we are building upon the basics and fundamentals of the Lutheran faith until next week. Have a great week. God bless. We'll see you all later.